Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Birch Ranch here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. It's also the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute, uh, which is one of your Bible college program that we host, and uh, and it's it's a great opportunity. But to, you know what we do on the show is we just talk about life, what's going on in the world, and we, we tackle it from a boomer's perspective. And, and a non-boomer. And, and a non-boomer. I'm mm-hmm. technically, I think, a millennial on the edge of millennial. I think you so. are. I'm on the edge of boomer, though. I think I'm the youngest boomer there probably is. That's boomer. okay. Uh, and that, But that's all right. I, I mean, really, we just like to talk about stuff and try to make sense of it. And that's what the show's all about. And I think one of the things to grasp is the idea that generations don't necessarily need to disagree on everything. Um, Absolutely. You know, the, there are positions, I think, that are just true. And regardless of your uh, your age true is still going to be true and you got to deal with those things and then there's methods and that's what you got to choose not to argue about yeah is how to do things necessarily that aren't really in scripture because they don't really matter you know yeah. what i mean um there are new technologies how do you use electronics how do you what kind of music do you use for worship those are those are how-to things mm-hmm and I think you have to look at what are the principles and don't violate those. And, and, and really, you'll find whether you're five years old, 50 years old, 100 years old, the principles haven't changed. So that's what we're talking about and trying to look for here. Yeah. And I would encourage all of you, younger or older, um, as you talk with people, look for the principles and the commonality and don't always look for trying to argue with them about something mm-hmm. because our society seems to be going that way. But I don't blame our society. You know, one of the things as an older guy I look at, Jason, is I wrote a book. It says ideas have consequences. Yep. So it's ideas that are wrong in our culture that now are playing out consequences. Mm. So one of the simplest ideas for me is that, that there is a God and I'm not him. Mm-hmm. That's a principle. Yeah. So that's a principle for Jason. There is a God. You're not him. So I, I could say that to everybody. The ramifications of that idea are there's somebody that's more powerful, in charge. Okay, so then you understand that God can give you the way life is supposed to be yeah, because he's the creator of it. All right, those are ideas that have ramifications. If he knows how life is supposed to be and I go to him and I find that out, well then, if I live in that context, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. If not, I will be wrong that doesn't make um, me evil to call somebody wrong if they're not listening to God. Because if they aren't listening to God, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, you can choose to do that, by the way. But I still say you're wrong because you're not listening to the one who created you. So I can tell you as a young guy, you know, Jason, the best thing to do in life is to love your wife with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. You love, you love God that way. You love your wife that way. You'll be exclusive to her. You love your kids. Prioritize relationships. Uh, make your wife feel wanted because she's not needed. Mm-hmm. And, and I promise you, your life will be the way it should be in that area. Yeah. And, and some might look at me and go, come on now. You can, I can promise you that if you live according to the way it's made, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I can't promise you any other way. I can't promise you if you're in a, in a gay marriage or you're doing this or you're doing that. You know, it's like, no, I, God didn't design that. Right. So I can't tell you that's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You might say, well, how dare you? Talk to God about it. Don't argue with me. Go in the scriptures and read them, and here's the way it's set up. And that's really what I think. If we're missing that 
bottom line, the Darwin effect, if you want to call it, or the evolutionary effect where we're all accidental blobs of protoplasm, those ideas play out later in yeah. life. So let me read an article to you and get your um, okay. take on it. Because I was reading then the New York Post. It's an article in the New York Post, I guess, uh, because that's what it says at the top. And uh, it's talking about a professor in New York at the Fredonia, at Fredonia, which must be a college up there. So let me, let me read it. Okay. A state university of New York at Fredonia, so it's a state university of New York, okay, is uh, under investigation by the school after videos emerged of him defending pedophilia and insisting it wasn't obvious to him why it was wrong. So this is one of the professors. One of the professors. Okay. He's, now, here's what I do understand. I do understand that people who love philosophy love to throw out questions and make people think and make people... They like to play the devil's advocate. They do. And whether they believe it or not is another story. But, sure. but they do like to ask the tough questions. I don't mind asking tough questions. Yeah. I do mind, though, questioning what's clear to God. Yes. Because the more you do that, the more you think that you can have the right to question that. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, let me continue reading. Professor Stephen Kershaw, I think that's how you pronounce it, who teaches libertarian philosophy and applied ethics at Sunny Fredonia, was filmed questioning whether pedophilia was in fact unethical. Now, I teach an ethics course myself, so mm -hmm. I've often taken quotes and looked at secular people, godless people who teach ethics, because I try and figure out how you do that when there's no absolute. Mm. How do you teach something when there's no absolute to stand by? I don't know. Well, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Well, they do. So if you want to go look, you can see how they do it. But the bottom line really is if you don't have an absolute standard, then you don't have a way to teach ethics. And you're really teaching people how to do things and either not get caught or do things to blend into a culture or whatever else it might be. Yeah. But anyway, he teaches philosophy and applied ethics. So I imagine he's one of those because it doesn't sound like he has a God-fearing bone in his body. Uh, imagine that an adult male wants, it's what he said, imagine an adult male wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Imagine that she is a willing participant, Kersher says, in a viral clip shared on Twitter by libs of TikTok. A very standard, a very, what, this is him again, a yeah. very standard, very widely held view is that there's something deeply wrong about this. Mm -hmm. He's saying that's a standard, widely held view. And then he goes on to say, and it's wrong, independent of being criminalized, Kirshner continues. He says, the view is that it's wrong. Um, if it's not criminalized, it's, you know, it's not really wrong, and it shouldn't maybe be criminalized. So that's his point so far. And then he goes on to say, it's not obvious to me that it is, in fact, wrong. Hmm. I think this is a mistake. And I think exploring that why it's a mistake will tell us not only the things about adult sex, statutory rape, and other fundamental principles of morality, the professor adds in his jaw-dropping comments. So he goes on and he, and he continues to explain himself. Uh, in the clips, Kirshner goes on to say, one is even, one is even if you are looking for a threshold. Let's say there's a, a threshold. I'm making this number up, but let's say it's at age eight. 
still that tells you that there's some adult sex that's permissible with somebody. And he goes through, and he, I don't even want to read the rest of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he goes through, and, and he begins to say, you know what, uh, I think this is kind of arbitrary. I think that it's not evil. That, And you go, and if you don't know God and you have no standard, how are you going to even argue with him? Yeah, I, that's what I don't know. If you don't have a standard, like what it, what then becomes your standard? And that's where you get arguments like this. Right. You know. And there, I mean, honestly, let's take all the standards away. How do you decide what's right and wrong? I don't know. Is it the Supreme Court that can tell us what's right and wrong? Hmm. Well, no. They can tell us whether it's constitutional or not. Right. But the Constitution is in the Bible, so it's not necessarily the Constitution that tells us what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. So what is it that determines that in a godless country? Popular opinion. Yeah, and we all know popular opinion can be swayed. Look at Hitler. Right. When Hitler was really concerned about uh, gaining power the only thing he was concerned about was getting him a majority once he got a majority he could do what he wanted Mm -hmm. if that's all they want look look at our politicians today ideas have consequences that all they want to do is get into office and they will they must they want to get into office and stay in office right and they must be willing to lie to do it it seems now that i know everyone's going that's an accusation well, the only reason I know that is because if you look at the political ads today on television, I don't, I don't care what ad it is, you'll see two ads sometimes, one in a, one right after the other for two different candidates that are going against each other, and they say things that really are opposite right. about each other. They don't even tell you what they believe, they're, no. but they're trying to clarify what the other person believes. Right. And while they do that, they're saying things that are totally opposite of what the person claims. So one of them has to be lying. I, I don't know which one all the time, but one of them has to right. be. Right. And I can't say that I've ever heard anybody, unless they were joking, say, oh, there's an honest politician. Yeah, I, I haven't. Like, it's like an oxymoron. You know what's even weirder is as I work with kids sometimes, I just like to ask them questions so I know where they're at and what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I've gone into the mode where I'm going to ask the next, you know, many kids that I see, um, do you trust those in Washington, D.C.? Do you trust them? No. Now, I have never gotten a yes. <laughs> never. And that says something. And I, and I go speak to men. And if I'm in that kind of mode, that mind frame, I'll ask the men, have you ever, does anyone in here trust politicians? Nobody. In fact, in a crowd one time I was talking and there were politicians in it. And they didn't trust politicians. Right. I'm thinking, okay. Well, nobody trusts anybody. Well, I mean. But they're the ones telling us what's right and wrong. Right. It's the same thing. You know, it's just like, it's crazy. The whole system is messed up. And obviously we see evidence of that. Right. You know, and that's where it goes back to, you know, ideas have consequences. It's like, if you don't have a standard. You know, I mean, even the Constitution, which technically is is America's standard. Right. You know, they can't even agree that that's the standard. Right. And then they have to debate about what the standard I actually mean, if meant. You, if you look at the Constitution, which this country was built on, I mean, it's not very long. No. You know, I, I, go go read it. Take right. a couple minutes. Right. Now you look at all of the stuff they've added to it or Just, tried to add to it or try to explain it. And, and you probably couldn't read in a year all of the documents or amendments or the little nuances that go with it 
You know, I mean, you look at politics and yeah. they introduce a bill or a law and it's I mean, it seems like the minimum is a thousand pages. Right. You know, I mean, it's like back to high school when they would give you like a, a minimum. It's like how in the world do you take something so simple and make it so confusing? Exactly. We don't need to make life confusing. We really don't. If you listen to us talk much, the, the thing that really I'm not encouraging you to be discouraged by politicians or anything else. I'm saying what we need to do individually is have an anchor point in the scriptures. We need to know what God says and we need to apply it. And when we do that, we do that with our family. We do that in public. And before you know it, you've got people who can look at laws that are passed maybe and other things and say, that's not right. Yeah. Now, I think that you have to be careful to say that about things you know for sure are right or wrong and not opinions and throw that in the Bible. Right. You know, for example, there's a great debate on, on whether people should be vaccinated or not, and there's a religious exemption somewhere. And I've often asked people, so what, on the basis of a religious exemption, what is the problem? Hmm. I, I would like to know what the Bible says on vaccinations. Yeah. And so far, I really haven't gotten a good answer for that. Um, and some are listening going, so you're pro or I'm not telling you anything. I'm just saying I haven't got a good answer on that one. Yeah. You know, if you're going to say that that God prohibits you from getting one, I'd like to see where it comes from in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Now, I do understand that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. If you feel like you shouldn't be, oh, that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying I'm not sure that's a standard for vaccinations in general because there are some Christian doctors who would say, if your body's a temple, you should get a vaccination. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't want to go there because I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what the absolute is on that. Um, I would respect you and your decision. And you might say, well, I ultimately trust in God. Yeah. Okay, fine, you should. And I would agree that's a bottom, bottom line. But if you're a rich person, mm -hmm. I would tell you your money you shouldn't trust in either. You should ultimately trust in God. So I, that's a standard. That That's just, that's the way God meant us to be. But you can actually trust in God and take an aspirin mm -hmm. to solve a headache or Tylenol, whatever you take. Yeah. And, and you can actually trust in God and take the vaccine. Like, you can. And, and if you ever trust the vaccine and you trust the aspirin, you're, that's not right. Mm -hmm. That's the principal side. Right. Now, what, the, what may be portrayed in Washington or wherever is this is the savior of the world, the vaccine. And we all know that's not true. And I can tell you that 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 isn't the answer to everything. That's not even the answer to staying healthy necessarily um, because mankind has always got another germ flying around. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's, it's very interesting to see what God does to show us how little we actually know mm -hmm. at times. And I think um, all these viruses show us how little we actually know. And some might be basking in the idea that it shows how much we know because we've got all these vaccines. Yeah. Well, we haven't fixed the common cold yet. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how much we know. Or the flu. Yeah. We have, so that's, I mean, every year they, you can get a flu shot, but it's a guess at what, what it's going to be. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, know, we're not that smart. Right. Not only that, I was listening to a vi virologist, whoever they are. Uh, <laughs> say that five yeah, times. No, I'm not, going to, I'm not even going to say it again. <laughs> a doctor that studies viruses. There you go. And uh, he basically was saying, you know, if you understand, if you get a, the common cold, you yeah. won't get COVID because the cold virus is the king of viruses uh and it'll kill that other virus when it comes in your system mm. and i thought oh interesting we, we can't really control the cold yeah and we're out there trying to tell people we got to figure out how to control COVID. Uh, okay fine 
I'm not against vaccines. I'm not saying I'm for vaccines. I'm just saying, it, it, I think God uses some of these at times to show us how little we actually know. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and so the, the principle in Scripture is what we have to look at. Yeah. Um, I think if, if our generations don't get to the point, if your generation doesn't get to the point where they're totally taking truth from God's Word and applying it, mm-hmm. where, where they allow truth to start being measured by what they would consider success or majority rule or a Supreme Court or a Constitution even, then the demise of society will take place in a very rapid manner. Absolutely. Yeah, because now everybody, whatever they say, will be right. Everybody will do what's right in their own eyes. That's right. And that is the line from the book of Judges. Mm-hmm. And the Judges is nothing but a book of defeat. Yeah. So we don't want to be that group. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I think there's other principles. Um, I, I've had so many discussions with people about different ideas, and, and everyone thinks their idea is sacred on everything, and it might be mm-hmm. in certain areas. Um, I've talked to people about whether Christians should ever incur debt or not. Mm. And some say, no, never. Right. And I say, okay, I can respect your thought on that, and I can understand it. Others will say, actually, debt is not bad. You just don't want to be enslaved to whoever has it, so make sure it's a good plan. And you're never, you know, it's really hard to buy a house. Without debt. Without that, so that's one that's affordable, and, and, and then the finance guys get together and say, well, if it's an asset that increases in value, it's not really a bad debt because, you know, you could always sell it, get out from under it, and you'll be okay, and that's why real estate often is a good debt because mm-hmm. normally it increases in value. You know, I can sit and listen to sides, both sides, forever. Forever. The bottom line really is God's saying, you know, what you don't want to do is sell your life to be enslaved to somebody because of money. That's right. what you don't want to do. Right. And, that, and, and there is a point where debt becomes bad. Yeah. So that's a principle right. right there. So if you're in debt so much that you are now just working to pay off the debt and you're enslaved to those people and you're not doing what you think God put on your heart, that's where it became evil. And the thing you got to realize is that Satan will take anything that's neutral. Yeah. And turn it into a problem mm-hmm. if he can. Yeah. And that's one of those things where all of a sudden you're over your head in debt. Um, if I were to counsel you on a financial matter as a young person, I'd say just make sure that you don't go into debt on things that lose value. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you can never be a slave to anybody if, if something happens and you can liquidate the debt and pay it off. Yeah then you're fine. And I think you're not violating any principles at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, business guys, I could sit in and I can hear them debate about using other people's money and how you do it, and, and you gotta stretch it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, God will lead you. Yeah. I know at Silver Birch Ranch, through all the years I've been here, there are times where God supplies us the money for everything up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, it, in, in the history, he has not. We have stepped out and started building something and trusted him. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when we get to a certain point, we can't finish, we go get money from a bank, and we've always paid it off quickly. Mm-hmm. So we've had loans, and God has supplied the need to pay them off, I mean the means to pay them off. So 
when I look back, I go, boy, even looking at Silverberg Trans, I can't figure out whether you should borrow or not. Mm, yeah. Because either way, God worked it out. Right. And either way, we're we're still in ministry after since 1968 and still going forward with it. Um, and I've seen it done every single way. I've yeah. seen it ahead of time. I've seen no money ahead of time. I've seen us finish totally out of debt with something. I've seen us not finish, so we went and got a loan for it. There's not one pattern there. Well, and that's the cool thing because, you know, we're talking about principles, you know, the, the, the standard that doesn't change. When you understand the principles, you know, that's where you take steps of faith, trusting the principles. Right. You know, and so what you're just describing with, you know, sometimes we had to borrow, sometimes, it, you know, the cool thing is, is that God often does things in totally different ways. Absolutely. So that we stay dependent on him. Right. You know, and that's the cool thing. I mean, we use the, the illustration of this as a ministry, but that often happens in our own lives too, is that oftentimes if you're in a situation where God provides something, the next time it might be provided in a different way. Yep. And if you're trusting things like debt to do that, you're, you're, you're not opening up the door for God to do that. Right. You're trying to solve that problem yourself. And that's where it goes away from the principle. Right. And that's, that's, I, and that's really thing. important for any generation to understand. Yeah. The, the principle is, no matter how much money you have or don't have, you trust God and you live in the in, in with that as your goal is to demonstrate how you trust him. You listen for the Spirit to guide you. And obviously, God only split the Red Sea once. Yeah. So you don't take patterns after Moses. And you go, okay, I'm going to go to Egypt now. And since you gave... Moses, 10 plagues for Egypt, and we had the Red Sea thing. I'm going to do that. Right. And God might say, that isn't for you. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. Yeah. The, the thing we learn, the principle is, God is sovereign. He's in charge. There's not the Red Sea that can stop him or Pharaoh. You trust when God tells you something, you do it. Right. Even if there isn't a miracle. I mean, that's right. That's the principle that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendo understood. Right. They understood that principle, that God is sovereign. And even if God doesn't do a crazy Red Sea experience, right. they were still willing to follow the principle. Absolutely. You know, and that's the key is it's all about, you know, understanding and learning the principles that God has laid out for us and clinging to it. And living that lifestyle. Right. You know, if you're you're younger, you're listening. If you're older, I guess it doesn't matter either. You could do this. As you go through the Bible, identify what the principles are. There's not that many of them. Yeah. Really, there aren't. In the, in the end, it's like the Constitution. The Bible's long, mm -hmm. but the principles are short. Yeah. Because it keeps giving us all the, the principles over and over again. So right at the beginning of the Bible, you know, in the beginning, God. Yeah. There's a principle for you right there. You weren't in the beginning. God was principle. He actually knew why we were all here, what was great. So you just write that down somewhere. God is the one that knows the purpose behind everything because he was the only one there. All right, now that's not going to change. I don't care what happens in the future. It, right. That's not going to change. And once you get this list of principles, it's really somewhat amazing. You can go to Hebrews 11.6 um, where it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. So people say, I really want to be pleasing to God. I go, well, read Hebrews 11.6. Okay, so now I have to have more faith. Well, how do you get more faith? Faith comes by hearing mm -hmm. and hearing the word of God. And then you apply it. And w when you see God's faithfulness, you grow in faith. Yeah. Oh, so I can grow in faith. Yep. Because God even says at the beginning, it's like a mustard seed. That don't, 
you know, faith has this quality about it where you don't have a whole lot of it at first. Right, right. Because you don't know God. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, boy, that guy's gifted in faith. Whenever I hear that, I go, well, that could be, I guess, but it could also be that he really knows God. Right. And the cool thing about it is there's a simplicity, too, because then, you know, there's this faith as a child sort of concept, too, where it's like, you know, you just need to trust sometimes. Right. You don't need to understand it. Right. Or the little understanding that you do should, is sufficient enough, you know. I mean, that's the cool thing, even having three boys at home, is that, you know, sometimes we, as adults, we try to overcomplicate the principle. But for kids, a principle is a principle, and, and it's almost often easier to follow the principle as a child. Right. You know, uh, I mean, as a kid, once they learn that the stove's hot, it's pretty simple. It, it is. And the I stove mean, is still hot today we, like it was when you and were And then a kid. as you get older, it's like, well, if I play with fire in the form of a firework, you know, maybe I can have some fun with it. Yeah. You know, and, and you try to push the principle to see how much you can avoid. Yep. You know, you, you know whatever it is, I'm kind of. Right. playing with that concept but i mean that as we talk about faith like there's something where the more you get intimate with god and the more you get to know god it's really living that lifestyle we've talked about this multiple times on the show where you know it's not categorizing the way that you live your life you have to have a baseline for what you're setting your life on whether you call it a worldview whether you call it you know this this principle thing you know it's the way it's the foundation for everything that you make choices on Right. And if you were to take that and throw it away, much like our current culture is doing, saying that, you know what, there is no absolutes. Then you get people that almost like what this article that we're talking about on the top of the show, but, you know, about pedophilia, where it's just like, this is the result of it. Right. You know, and who's and if that's your model where there's no principles, who are you to argue? You can't. You can't. No, because basically they're saying, well, if society accepted this, it would be right. Yeah. Well, society generally accepted Hitler and other things, yeah. at, at least on the surface. Hopefully we've learned through history that popular opinion always, isn't the right, always the right opinion. No, because that leads us totally open to propaganda instead of truth. And right. Satan, the, one of the weirdest things when you go through Scripture to realize is Satan can outthink you. Mm. And so if you don't have a way to just not try to outthink him, mm -hmm. but you defeat him by just the truth, that's it. You don't have to outthink him. Because he's already working at scheming long-term in your life to destroy you and your family. That's what he's doing. So how do you beat him? You just repeat what God has mm -hmm. said. So yeah, if you've listened a lot, you hear me say often, you know what? God doesn't need you. He wants you. That's a principle. Yeah. So understand that. Because what's Satan going to do then? He's going to work your whole life trying to make you feel needed. And then later in life, show you that you're not you're going to be so depressed and angry about that you won't be able to recover. Yeah. Because you thought you were needed in life, and at some point you're going to realize you're not needed. Right. And that's a big problem. So what you do is you go find the truth. You repeat it when you're young. You repeat it often. You repeat it to your children. You may not even know why at that point, but you do. And then in the end, you have stability in life because you're trusting the principles. And the United States of America in 2022 is abandoning all that and i fear for your generation more for your children's generation at this point and what they're going to grow up in a place that doesn't have absolutes it's not going to work i promise yeah and and that's where it's all the more important to cling to the truth that we know and so um unfortunately we're out of time here um having this conversation but i encourage you if you need to go back and re-listen just uh, if you missed part of it or if you just want to 
re-listen to what we talked about today or check out some of the other conversations that we have. I encourage you to head over to syllabusranch.org and, and check out the podcast and the other, other episodes because really what we want you to do is to, to fall in love with God, to get to know him on an intimate daily basis so that you can have the foundation you need to go forward. But for now, this is Jason Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.